Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Press Next Podcast. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm excited about this episode. We're going to chat it up. You know what I'm saying? We are. We are. So, um, as you know, we've talked about some of the things we're going to cover. We did not talk about this one. So, this (laughs) one is an off-the-wall one. You know, we try to get it together, and then things don't always work out. But that's okay. We roll with the punches. That's what life's about. I feel like... This one was just compelling enough to like, we got to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and before we do that, we want to say welcome in to all of our new listeners. Welcome back to all of our previous listeners. Thank you for being here. Uh, we thank you for all the views and things that you and listens that you give us. Um, for sure, and for sure. as always, if you want to be on the show, you can do that as well. Next week, we will have um, some guests on the show. Pretty interested about that one. Um, but if you want to be on the show, you can reach out to us, pressnextpodcastgmail.com. You can go to our Instagram and fill out the link in our in our bio in the Instagram. Uh, there's a, a guest request form there, and mm-hmm. we will reach out to you and um, yeah, try to link up with you so we can get you on the show because we would love to do it. Uh, yeah. And then also, please, 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 just stop what you're doing right now. Go on Apple Podcasts and drop a review. Please just drop a review for us. If you don't ever give us money, if you do nothing else uh, for us, we would love a review, a rating and a review from you on Apple Podcasts. Preferably five star, but you know, rate us Whatever you, you want to do, <laughs> you know, no lower than three. Uh-huh. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, But this week's movie was um, interesting, was it not? It was. So we actually were just scrolling through um, Netflix thinking, what are we going to watch tonight? And there is this movie that's been on my list for a while. And then Corey was like, hey, do you want to watch I Care A Lot? And I said, actually, (laughs) I do want to watch that. So uh, we put it on and we were like, man, we have got to talk about this because um, I feel like it hit home really with both of us. Yeah. Um, I don't and know so, why, but we'll talk about it. We'll we'll get into it. So, would you like me to just go right into the plot of the movie? Yes. So, as always, as we will do, as we explain the mu- movie. So, if you have not seen the film and you want to see the film, pause right now because we will literally give away spoilers. If Wait, you isn't that up? on Twenty One Jump Street when they're like, "Spoiler alert!" Exactly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, if you're like, I don't care, give me the spoilers and I'll go back and watch it, then cool. Uh, uh, listen to this overview because Katie is going to break it down before you going to bust it down. All right, let's get into it. So the plot of I Care A Lot, which is a Netflix original, mm-hmm. um, is that Marla Grayson is a con artist who makes a living by convincing the legal system to grant her guardianship over elders she pretends cannot take care of themselves, which... I didn't even know that was a thing. Me like, I don't, either. I don't know who I assumed took legal action over people who didn't have family, but... Well, I knew that there were, like, caseworkers and stuff like that and people who were guardians, but I didn't know that you can, like, petition on behalf. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, she places them in assisted living facilities where they are sedated and lose contact with the outside world. She's, she then sells off their homes and assets, pocketing the proceeds. She and the court deny a man, Mr. Feldstrom, access to his mother after he attempts to force his way into the assisted living facility. Um, and that is, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, you see that this man is fighting to get into this li- assisted living facility, and um, he... Doesn't essentially get gets kicked out and then gets goes to court and they make him out to be the crazy person even though he can see right through what uh, Miss Grayson is doing. He later threatens her outside of the courthouse saying that he hopes she is killed. So mm, very calls very, her a lot of different words. Yes, very angry son. Um. So then there's also obviously she can't do this alone, right? So there's also a doctor who um helps her get these 
elderly people into her care. So this doctor actually signs off on saying that these people are unable to care for themselves. So Dr. Karen Amos Amos informs Marla about huh. a wealthy retiree with no apparent partner or close family who they can exploit named Jennifer Peterson. Mm. Um, so this is typically, typically they, they try to go after people who don't have family, have a lot of assets, have no kids. No they call one it to, a cherry. Yes. Right, no one to claim. Mm-hmm. No one to claim their stuff. So a judge appoints Marla guardian after she and Dr. Amos falsely, that keyword falsely, testify that Jennifer suffers from dementia and confusion. And it's Marla, very clear that like Jennifer does not, but keep on going. Right. Because you see Jennifer is a very well-off woman. She's never been married. She has um, cars, a house, in she a goes wealthy to neighborhood. Like, um, synchronized swimming classes. Like she's living she the is, old person dream. Yeah, like, really the is. retirement dream. So uh, Marla moves Jennifer into assisted living and immediately gets to work selling Jennifer's furniture, car, and home. While rooting through Jennifer's possessions, she finds a key to a safe deposit box that contains watch, gold bars, banknotes, and hidden diamonds, like bags of just loose diamonds, mm. which this woman got money. She, she does. And also the diamonds weren't on the insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So the diamonds essentially don't exist. Right. So she takes those and stashes them for herself. Um, well, then, mm. as she's at the house, as it's being cleaned out, a cab driver pulls up saying that he's there to pick up Jennifer. Obviously, she's not there. She's at the uh, assisted living home. And they were like, who, s- who called the cab? And he said, oh, nothing. And then leaves, right? You can tell that he is clearly in distress. Like, (laughs) what is going on? He was tripping. So he pulls into a parking garage and you're like, what? And he meets with this person who is, we later find out, is a Rome. Oh, his name is Roman. He's He's a crime lord. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the Russian mafia. And and this person is for y'all who like Game of Thrones. This is Peter Dinklage. Yeah. So. So it's it's really funny to see him in this role. I think he's great in every role he plays. But he really is. Um, especially the, yeah. Um. Anyways, so it is revealed that this crime lord is actually Jennifer's son. So remember, I said that she didn't have any family. She actually does. They overlooked this or um, didn't know because he's part of the mafia and they're laying low. So um, he orders that the cab driver investigate what's going on with his mother and find out where she's at, who put her there, how she got there, and get her out of there. Um, And... Let's see. The they have a lawyer, and the lawyer offers to pay off um, Marla Grayson, and she refuses because she mm. knows what she's worth. She knows mm. what Jennifer is worth, so she refuses this cash offer of one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Really, she said, really, like give me five million. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. She said, "Give me five million. He said, "Basically, go f yourself." <laughs> so he threatens to take them to court. Um, but the judge dismisses the case because uh, he's not like the lo- by the the because. So what happens when she gets these people into assisted living? She cuts off all communication from the outside. Mm-hmm. You have to go through her to talk to her. So the lawyer technically has not been, um, you know, sanctioned by her. Jennifer uh, Peterson. But also he can't reveal who he's working on behalf of because it's the mafia. So right. the judge there is like, unless you can bring me some paperwork that says this is your actual client, get the hell out of my courtroom. Right. So um, that doesn't work out, obviously. So I think that's a good point that you brought up there, Corey, is that when she, when these people go into assisted living, they confiscate their cell phones. Um, and then the assisted living essentially treats them like they're, not at an old folks home, but at a mental institute. Yes, because they're in on a scam too. Right. 
So they don't let these people have their phone. They don't let them write to anybody. They don't let them contact anyone in, outside of the assisted living facility or do anything on their own time or schedule. So these people are really, really isolated and cut off. Um, and if you think about a person who is very capable of taking care of themselves, it's absolutely terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see where I'm at. So they discovered that Jennifer Peterson is actually a stolen identity. So she was actually a little girl who died from polio. Um, so this person that's in the assisted living facility is not actually who she thinks she is. And when Jennifer refuses to tell Marla, the guardian of her real identity, Marla teams up with, uh, the property manager and has her basic needs withdrawn. So she is making sure that she is sedated, making sure that she is given only soup to eat, right? So she's trying to drain this woman of everything and make her weak. That way she can take control of everything, putting her on certain medicines, um, making sure that she sleeps this many hours and all of this stuff. So she's really putting this woman through the ringer, right? So then the son finds his mother's safe deposit box was rifled through and then um, that the diamonds are gone, essentially, mm. right? Because nobody knows that the diamonds are there. And so he sends some of his goons <laughs> to the assisted facility to take the mom, um, Jennifer. And so they were just going to break her out at this place. They were like, well, if, if y'all won't let her out, we're going to break her out, right? So that failed. <laughs> yeah, it did not and work. And Marla has the police apprehend one of the men. And uh, police contact informs them that Alexi is a sibling of two other mafia bosses who suppo supposedly died in a fire. So having failed to rescue his mother, Roman has Dr. Amos killed at her office. So mm -hmm. they've taken the doctor out. So they are on a rampage because they are Russian mafia. They have messed with the wrong people and they are coming for what's theirs. So after hearing the news, Marla and Fran move into one of the unsold properties of one of Marla's previous victims. So what they do is they gut these houses and then try to sell them, right? Well, this one hadn't sold. So they, uh, take up asylum in this vacated house and at the facility, Jennifer attacks Marla and has moved into the psychiatric ward. So uh, Jennifer, the old lady, attacks her guardian because she knows that she's she knows what she's doing. So then, of course, they think she's crazy and they put her in the psychiatric ward. Um, well, from there, Marla is kidnapped while Fran is attacked in their home. So now the mafia is after them. Marla is brought before Roman, where she asked for $10 million for Jennifer's release. So remember, it was five. Now it's 10. Cash offer. Um, Roman's impressed by her, her audacity, but refuses her request. His associate knocks her out with chloroform and sends her car into a lake. Well, she woke up and she escaped. <laughs> Some BS. And yeah, she escapes the car. Um, she returns home and finds that her girlfriend is badly uh, beaten, laying on the floor, left for dead, and the gas is on in the house. So they had a gas stove, and they the mafia left the gas running. So she knew things were about to go down, so she gets her girlfriend out of the house, and as they're driving off, the house explodes. So um, They both yeah. narrowly escaped death that day. Yes, very. And narrowly. also Marla and what's the other girl name? Fran. Marla and Fran are together. They're like they're they're romantic partners. Um, right. And they work together. They scam together. Mhm. Mm yeah, so they work together, girlfriends. Um so they go to another unsold property, which is where the diamonds are, and Marla shows Fran that they're there. Uh she offers Fran a choice. They can use the diamonds to leave right away and start a new life. Or they can get revenge. So they track down Roman through his license plate number and kidnap him. They drug him, steal his car, take him into the wilderness, and leave him nude on a trail and burn his car. Um, so I they they tried to kill him by overdose. 
but somebody found him because they were there was a jogger who found him lying naked and so uh called the police the police found him which maybe i think they, that was the that was the plan i feel i like. was about to say maybe they didn't try yeah. to kill him i was gonna say that um so because anyways, what happens next is wild. So yes, go ahead. Yeah. So what happens next is wild, which is why I'm like, okay, maybe maybe that was the plan all along. Um, so since he's found naked, doesn't have anything on him, no ID, anything like that. Obviously, when the ambulance picks him up, he is identified as a John Doe. What does a John Doe need? A legal guardian. So <laughs> when he wakes up from his overdose, guess who is appointed his legal guardian? Mm, 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 mm. Marla Grayson with her heels on the bed and everything so of course she's like checkmate you are mine now so she visits him in the hospital and offers him release and Jennifer from her guardianship for 10 million dollars again I'm telling you 10 million dollars I'll get out of this Uh, he says no then he offers a business partnership so he is so impressed by one, the fact that she's still alive <laughs> and made it, uh, you know, out of his mafia goons coming after her. And two, I think he's just impressed by, you know, her game and her wit and her street smart. Right. And so he wants to go into business with her, into a partnership. She accepts using his money and connections and quickly becomes a powerful, extremely wealthy CEO. Roman is reunited with his mom while Marla marries Fran. So all seems to be well, right? They are taking over guardianship. They are taking over assisted living facilities. Mm. So they They essentially are are like the Amazon of legal guardianship. Right. So whereas they used to have to get a doctor to, you know, there was like this one doctor who was killed, but signed off on everything and an assisted living that was in on it. They decided they were going to create their own ring. So their own assisted living, their own guardians. Like they were going to create this whole empire of guardians who did this. So not just them, but a whole gang of them. Um, so they're going on the news. They're talking about their business and obviously, you know, keeping under wraps the illegal stuff, but you can tell that she becomes extremely wealthy. Um, she's driving. What was she driving? I think like a, like a Maserati or something like that. Yeah, some kind of sports car. So she's in an all white suit. She's got a big old ring on her finger. Living the life, right? Well, while she's leaving the TV interview about her success, everything comes back around. And remember, mm. Mr. Feldstrom that I talked about at the beginning who couldn't see his mother and the court thought he was crazy. He shot her in the street. Mm, Cause his mom died and he never got to see her again. Yes. Yeah, so his mom died alone in the assisted living facility because no one would let him see her. And she did on the ground, and died and her died. girlfriend, I guess wife now arm mm-hmm. in an all white suit. And I think it's very important to understand that for for Marla, that was her name, right? Yes. For Marla, she is all about like power and greed. So obviously, this is all flaunt. This is all everything else. As a matter of fact, I think one of the powerful moments in the entire thing is that in the beginning of the movie, when they come out of the courtroom, he is calling her out of her name, calling her the B word, calling her the C word, all this other stuff. She doesn't respond. She tells a uh, friend. I'll respond when he calls me by my name and mm-hmm. then he does. And, he, and then she turns around this time though, it was different. He comes out again, calls her. Hey B. She turns around, doesn't even recognize it. That's the, that's the other thing. Doesn't even recognize this is the person that was threatening her earlier. Right. She's like, Oh, I don't have time for autographs right now. I can, you know, I'll give you a statement tomorrow or whatever. That man pulled the gun out and just bah, one to the chest, one to the head. Now, you know, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, that is how the movie ends. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. What a journey of a movie. And at the end, we were like, yo, we got to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about this one. So, one out Let's of 10. Let's what's, what's your number? You know what it is. One out of 10. Yeah. I give it an eight. A solid eight. I give it a solid eight. Yeah. 
Like okay. it wasn't my favorite movie ever, but it was really good. And I think it kept uh, me engaged. I didn't feel like I lost interest. Um, I feel like a lot of times there's that certain point in a movie where you're like, okay, well, I don't really care anymore. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the whole movie kept my attention. And yeah, what do you give it? I would I would probably do the same, probably like a 7.8, but I can push an 8. And this is a movie I'll probably never watch again, but it's like a really good movie. It's like one of the movies. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. That's you what watch I was it, explaining. you're like moved by it, and then you're just, but you're not like, it doesn't make you feel good. So that the movies that I like that I want to watch again, they make me feel good. This movie does right. not make me feel good, but it made me think about certain things, and it was like a good film. It was written very well. Um, the cinematography was great. Uh, whoever right. colored it did a great job. Um, th- it was casted, I thought, pretty pretty well as well. Um, as- especially with like Peter Dinklage being like as small as he is, his bravado was very huge. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree with that. And so the juxtaposition of of this woman being like this tall woman and essentially displaying displaying what like most people would would uh would say are like general men qualities mm-hmm. like she's about her business she's a shark yeah you can yeah shark yeah she definitely is a shark you can tell that she is a very straight laced to the point businesswoman she knows what she wants and she gets it i think that also very makes admirable her yes I- admirable definitely um but for that to me it also makes her an idiot it's her greatest uh, foe at the end of the movie. Whoops. You good sorry. there? You what you dropped? Yes. I dropped a pen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh so what was your like favorite part? Did you have a favorite part or like a takeaway from the film? Um, okay, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say I have a favorite part, but my takeaway. My takeaway was that, well, my first takeaway was like, wow, this is actually a thing. People do this. Right. You can become a legal guardian for someone. Um, My second takeaway was, wow, if you're, if you have no morals, (laughs) this is actually very smart. (laughs) Genius. And then three, I'm like, does this really happen? You know, it it was more of like a reflection than... A favorite part so mm. yeah i don't i don't know if there if there's a specific favorite part but what about you um i think my favorite funny part is when the lawyer's in the office and he's getting stuff thrown at him and he's talking about the judge and he's like he drives a subaru uh that was funny <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> shout out to everybody who drives a subaru but basically what he was trying to say is the judge is pretty much is like an airhead not an airhead but he's a he's a uh He's a pawn on the chessboard. Right. He was saying that this judge has no credentials because of because he doesn't flaunt money, right? So right. just because this man drives a Subaru, he isn't smart. But and my my other takeaway even about that is and I'll get to it a little bit later, but my biggest takeaway is that there's so many issues in the system and I was literally thinking the same like one somebody is running this scam out there. Mm-hmm. For sure. For somebody sure. is running this scam. And I say Definitely. somebody, is, it's people. It had to be the doctor, had to be the assisted living home, it had to be that person. And we can already talk about geriatrics and how people just shove their grandparents into assisted living um, mm-hmm. and neglect them because that is an actual thing. And there's laws against that. You cannot just neglect your um, your your grandparents, your family members, or your elderly, which is also why the state approves legal guardians right mm-hmm. these people need help right so for you to exploit this and in a way it's almost like we're watching the neglect of a child as well because we're talking about people who are very helpless but also who aren't helpless and the thing that really stuck with me the most is that like can you imagine just being in that situation so if i can explain this to y'all the scene in the movie that was so powerful was that it was when the the elderly woman jennifer jessica mm-hmm. jennifer 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 is at the house, just chilling, a normal ass day. Somebody knocks on her door with a court order saying, you are not stable. You have dementia. You have to come to this assisted living. You can do this the easy way or you can do this the hard way. You can go get a suitcase and then they take you down to assisted living 
And when you get there, you're like, okay, let me put your phone, uh, my number in your phone. And they take your phone. And so you had an entire house. Now you're confined to this room. Can right. you imagine? Well, I think that was, yeah, I think that that whole scene was probably the most. Uh, that gave me so much anxiety. Like, Right. That one stood out to me the most because really this woman, like you said, she doesn't have anything wrong with her. She's a-okay. Literally. She, just, I think they mentioned she had like early signs of dementia, maybe. No, she had like memory loss. She's getting older. Of course, people are going right. to you know, lose memory and stuff like that. But like, right. there's nothing that's but out nothing. of the ordinary for older folk. You know? Exactly. Nothing crazy. So, um, yes, that whole thing just stresses me out because she, not only is she confined to this space, she has no rights anymore. Because if you think about it, her guardian assumed all of her rights because they act like this woman is incapacitated. Yes. So but even the other part of like, by the way, in this mo- in in the movie, y'all, the judge never sees these people. Right. And I think that's issue number one. For they sure. just they just present. Oh, well, I have a doctor's note. I think that if this happens, these clients need to be in the courtroom. They don't I just, can and, agree with that. And the doctors need to get on stand as well. Not just sign a piece of paper. Everybody who is involved in the transference of. um Legal guardianship needs to be in the courtroom when the ruling is being made. Yeah, I can agree. I can agree with that. Um, but that's just I don't know. That's kind of why I took. Away, I mean, I took away a lot from this. There's the movie. The reason why I like the movie so much because it actually made me mad. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, and this is another thing. She has all the skill set in the world, and she's a, um, an advanced white woman. What the hell do you have to scam for? That's a good point. What do you got a scam for? That's a good point. Yeah, you would think that she's like the top dog at a sales company or a marketing firm, right? But she's she just a professional scam artist. She just wants to be rich. What she said, but the with the with her skill set, she could she could do this legitimately. Anything. She could do anything. She can do anything and make it rich. So why she feel like she needs a scam? I don't know. And and it's just the fact that, like, here's my big takeaway. My big takeaway is, like J. Cole said, pride is the devil because pride took her down. Mm-hmm. Pride took her down. Pride took old buddy down, too. But pride definitely took her down. And you see it full display. Full circle, too. Full circle and full display. Pride took her ass down. And so one of the questions that kind of rose up for me in this situation is is there ever or in this movie is there ever a situation where ethics can be kind of thrown out of the window and you think that maybe you know what I can see why they did this Um I think there are instances I don't think that everything's black and white I don't especially when it comes to ethics because I think that there's things that we are willing to change our ethics for you know or be not oh, change yeah. our ethics, but like be unethical for yeah. yeah. So if somebody was holding a gun to, I don't know, my husband's head, saying that Whoa. I needed to <laughs> either do this or it's his life, of course I'm gonna do whatever I can to save my husband, right? And I feel like people think that about people they love, especially like spouses, kids, things like that. So. I think people. Some people wouldn't say that that's actually even like unethical, you know, like, you know what I mean? Because you're putting such an extreme situation. That's Um, true. But I don't know why you had to use that as an example. Well, because that's what I think of when I think of doing unethical (laughs) things. But But um, I love you that you would do something unethical to save my life. I appreciate that. For an example, um, episode of Grey's Anatomy, there, and it's in the recent season, so. If you haven't watched recent seasons, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, there's this girl who a father who doesn't have health insurance and he brings his daughter in and she needs this emergency procedure or it's her life. Right. And so Meredith Gray being the empath that she is and the gifted doctor that she is um, forges 
insurance paperwork and says that this girl, this dad's uninsured. I can't remember if I said that. So can't get the procedure. The daughter would die without the procedure. Meredith Gray forges paperwork saying that this girl is her daughter and puts everything in her daughter's name. Well, then, you know, courts find out she gets in trouble, yada, yada. She gets off because, of course, it's Meredith Gray. But um, in in that instance, she that was very unethical, right? right. She's a doctor. She's a, a world-renowned surgeon, and she... Should not have done that. And she probably should have right. lost her job. Um, and, but I know that people are like... There's a domino effect, right? Like with with everything. There's no what is what is what is it saying? No good deed goes unpunished. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess you know you can say the insurance companies are evil and stuff like that, and people should be able to um, get the surgery they need and not have to worry about mm-hmm. they have insurance or not. And I feel all of that. So in some situations, I really do believe that like you cannot bend the ethics here when it comes to the profession because in you bending the ethics, what you've done is. Uh, open up the floodgates for everybody else and or your decision has stopped somebody else's so can you imagine um somebody had like i don't know they're waiting on a lung transplant and you did something unethical to jump somebody else in front of them though the other person has been on this transplant list for forever and then Mm -hmm. they didn't get a chance to get the lung transplant so then you end up dying Mm -hmm. so i do think there's situations where i'm like i can see maybe why they would but a lot of the times you probably should not bend the ethics. However, <laughs> I agree with you. I think that there's times where people bend ethics and I'm like, do I understand it? Mm-hmm. That does not mean you will not be held accountable. Right. You should definitely be held accountable, but there are instances where it's like, but okay, I, where I understand. I, I understand sure. why you would have that thought and why you would do what you did. But you won't have to. For sure. And I'm I think sorry, everybody could agree with you. that. Here's a perfect example. A perfect example. Literally, I talk about this all the time. So back in the day when I used to be at uh, Tarleton, I would do crisis management stuff. And I would tell all of my students who were doing, you know, I was training them on crisis management. And I would tell them, even if you're CPR trained, do not intervene. If you're doing this, don't intervene. They would say, why? Because of liability and everything else. I'm responsible for you and the other person. So if I work at, if I own a Kroger and somebody is stealing the money, that money is insured. Mm-hmm. Don't chase them down. Don't try to be the hero. Don't do this, whatever that. Because if something happens to you and I have to pay out of the pocket, you, you're going to sue me. Mm-hmm. Right? So even if you save the day, and I get why you would save the day, I'm going to give you the key to the city and I'm also going to fire you for insubordination. <laughs> right. You feel me? I'm going to pat you on the back and say, I thank you so much. And I think what you did was really noble. On the business side, I also think what you did was very um, stupid. Yeah, but like you can't say stupid as in the business. You know what I'm saying? What, are they, what is the word that they use? They use it all the time. Oh my gosh. Anyway, it was a lapse of judgment. <laughs> it was it was uh, a fireable offense. It cannot be overturned. There is no um, no appeals process to this one. You're terminated effective Im- immediately. We will mail your check home. That type <laughs> of situation, right? But at the same time, on a personal note, good job, buddy. Like that, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. I feel you, bro. Um, yeah. But when it comes to this business stuff, mm, and the ethics really played a part to <laughs> mm-hmm. me, talking about Karen, the doctor. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, though. When you start to bend ethics, you also have to deal with the consequences. True. And that, you didn't know about um, Jennifer Peterson. Marla knew, but Marla didn't clue you in. Mm-hmm. Mar- your, ha- your blood is on Marla's hands. Right. Because you never yeah, even had a chance. you didn't know that she was wrapped up with the gang. Thank you. You never even had mafia. a chance to be like, yo, this ain't me. Right. I was down for scamming, but I ain't scamming y'all. Right. Go get her. I'll tell you, I'll do whatever I need to do to get y'all. Yeah, she when was You just withheld collateral. information and that, exactly. Uh, Karen was a collateral damage. So I think Karen's blood is on Marla's hands. For sure. Um, and then the guy for the assisted living. So the guy who runs assist- assisted living is uh, essentially selling rooms and beds. So he also is doing something very unethical. And and also Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 selling beds. And he and he alluded to her not being the only person that he sells beds to. Hey, somebody just kicked a bucket in a corner room. So I got a corner room as premier. I'll hold it for you, but you're gonna have to pay me two thousand dollars a week. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll hold the room for your next client, um, which is unethical, bro. You don't need no kickbacks. Anyway, there's just a lot of unethical stuff happening in there, so it had me question, you know what I'm saying, uh, questioning the ethics. Right. Um, and I think why this movie really resonated with me so much, and you can speak on your own experience if you yes. want, but um, my grandfather was actually super, super quickly advancing Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so once he got diagnosed, he was like downhill fast. Um, so he was in assisted living. Luckily, he had a, a wife that was there almost daily. Um, at least once a week to check in on him and, you know, uh, make sure that everything was going right. And my stepmom was taking care of what she needed to take care of and visiting every now and then. And so, um, he wasn't getting scammed, but if you just to think about that situation of the people who actually are right. Okay. This woman that we're talking about wasn't, um, didn't have Nothing anything wrong with, with her. her. Right. But for the people that actually are and can't fend for themselves and the families to be cut off, like in the, the first instance with uh, Felderman. Yes. Um, I can't imagine that situation. And I can, I can understand why he was so mad to kill the woman because she's doing this to so many people. So it's like, do I... It's kind of like the the picture. Have you seen that imagery where it's like the train and the the tracks do you save split one or do you save and do like you save one or do you or save whatever? ten? You know, it's kind of like that. Like, do I take her out and save all of these families the pain that I've gone through, or do I be ethical and just try to fight it in court? But knowing that I've been to court and that did not work, <laughs> you know, right? Um, so and even I think. In in um, you know what's funny is my grandma for uh, a little bit was in an assisted living um, when I was growing up like a, mm-hmm. a assisted living program and we used to go over there and um, we used to help like work whenever we spent the, spent the night and her, one of her jobs was like passing out you it was spend entertainment the night in the yeah. assisted living center yeah it was cool I didn't know you could do that yeah, yeah, yeah you can go see her and everything else was pretty dope um, I mean we always had to like you know go through the front signing and all sort of stuff but my mm-hmm. grandma was also like she was like doing it. she worked there as well like not like like work by committee if that makes sense so right what she did was like entertainment stuff and then also they had like a nice little theater it was pretty cool and then also she would uh pass out like papers in the morning so mm-hmm. we would go and like wake up early like three o'clock in the morning and go give everybody their like morning paper put on their <laughs> their little uh in front of their door inside and stuff but um so you you know you see a lot of people however i think the scam if it's happening in real life, it's actually happening on people who are actually deteriorating and things of that nature. Let mm-hmm. me tell you why. A lot of these elderly folks are being stuffed into these places and people for it's it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. Families place them there because they didn't want to have to deal with them. Right. And so they're actually not that connected to their family. It's so heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Um, but that is like what is happening, right? And and mm-hmm. I, on some points, I, I somewhat understand it. Not that they're just shoving them in there, but like, um, like my grandmother right now is she has Alzheimer's dementia and she's living in New Jersey. So my it's my parents can't go up there every single week and see her all the time. Right. But they, and you've been married into my family how long? And my parents be up there all the time. They right. find I mean, ways to fly their ass up there. I was about to say pre COVID. Yeah. I feel like your mom. They were going, going like once a month. month, yeah, or every other month. Like they were, they and go they, a lot. They right. They figure out somebody how somebody was up there, there every month. Like your mom right. was there, and then your uncle. My went. uncle would go. Some people out there, like there's there's family like ours that are going to continue to do that, right? And then there's other people who are like, we put you in there because we didn't have, we didn't have, like we don't want to have to deal with you, right? And Shady I feel like, Pines, Ma, exactly. Th- that those are the people who are getting really scammed on. You know, like For people sure. are like, your family ain't checking in on you. I can abuse you. I can do this. I can take this from you. You're not even gonna remember that I stole twenty dollars out your purse. Or any of that. I stole your debit card and you told me and your I PIN bet number. And that's happening right in, now in the the facilities. Like not even going through the courts and stuff. It's just like happening oh, yeah, yeah. in plain sight. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like your um, what do they call them? I always wear like the little white suits. You know, <laughs> like the yes. nurses or whatever. Wards. Yeah, or whatever. The, they go in there and they they just scam you. So it. My question is, does it? 
I'm not going to ask you a question, but I'm going to say the movie did make me question like assisted living. Yeah, same. I mean, it did me too. I was just. I think it's a genius idea. I've never really been um, super keen on assisted living. Like I understand in situations where like your family, where your grandmother is half the country away, you know, and your, your parents can't be there or whatever. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, it's tough because you never know. And and this is just a part of it, right? The scamming is just part of it. You hear right. about abuse. You hear about neglect. Because um, yeah, you so. pretty much going in there alone. I mean, a part of it, and even like senior living, right? You want to mm-hmm. be around a community of people so you can make more friends and everything else because your friends are, a lot of them are probably even passed on, right? And then you mm-hmm. get into this program and then you're in a program with people who are going to pass too, Like, it's not, it can't be, you know, they say it's your golden years, right? We talk about the golden girls. We love the golden girls. But honestly, when you think about that age, if you are not well in the mind or healthy enough and you're not living with your family and friends, it's got to be a tough, lonely time. For sure. Tough, lonely time. Like, the motivation to, to get better or progress is not there. Trust me, I have tried it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured out when I was in my counseling program, geriatrics is not where I could be. It would suck the life out of me. Um, it would not be very fulfilling work for me. Uh, but I am kudos and very happy that people do that work because they, they need it a lot. Um, now, the other question is... I'm ready. <laughs> did this movie make you question the system or the government? Um, absolutely. I think in the way that you said where if, if this actually happens, which I don't, I'm no expert on guardianship or Mm. assisted living or anything like that. So take everything you're hearing with a grain of salt as always. But I, if it is happening like the movie portrayed where there's just a representative that is speaking on behalf of this person and whoever's making this, the decision. So the judge doesn't even know the person I think that that is wrong. And I think, like you said, that the the person should be there. Present. Right? Should at least have to be evaluated. And maybe that's like a, you know, you have to use two-factor authentication to get into right. your Facebook. You should, you know, something like that. Maybe you should have a second opinion. <laughs> I can't even you, log into my school account without Duo. Right. So... Maybe it's not just one person saying, yeah, this person needs um, guardianship. Because I think that that is a huge, huge step. And it kind of relates. You even mentioned it when we were watching it. It relates to conservatorship and what we talked about with Britney Spears and how she can't speak on her own behalf because once that judge has deemed that they cannot take care of themselves, there's no going back from that. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think that it, it needs to be more difficult to become fully in- incapacitated and have a legal guardian making all of those decisions. So I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing I want to talk about. So please let me allow me to rant for a little bit because this might go off the rails. <laughs> okay. This was a perfect example about how I feel about when people say something like, all politicians are evil. All politicians do this, that, and the third. Okay. You have a judge who is essentially doing his job, but he's right. left in the dark about a lot of other stuff. Right. He we feels also, like... We should also mention that this judge was not in on it. He's not so in he's on it. he's just being fed what he's hearing and making the best decision that he knows how to make. Exactly. He's not in on the scam at all. He's they the are, one person that's not in on the right. scam. They are manipulating him and he's right. trying to be a fair judge and he's trying sure. to act on the best interest of the client, which he's supposed to be doing. Right. I think that is a lot of politicians. I'm not saying that's all of them. Right. I you think know, when, you, when you start to get, when I say politicians, I'm talking about, you start to get local and stuff like that. There's a lot of people who are a co- like just in the system who are getting worked by the system and have no clue that they are. Mm-hmm. They have zero clue 
that they have attached themselves to a system that is not great. And so while they think they're doing great, they're actually not because they themselves are being swindled. For sure. And I think a lot of people will look past that. A lot of people will, will just think about it. If this becomes unraveled, that judge is going to be implicated. And people are going to feel a way about that judge. But we all saw the backstory about the judge. And we know that the judge was being manipulated the entire time. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the lawyer for the uh, for Jennifer actually made a good point, And the judge started to think on himself. The lawyer was like, have you even seen this client? Mm-hmm. And the judge was like, oh, damn. You know what? Is <laughs> this know- true? He he brought an affidavit from somebody else, and the judge was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, y'all trying to run the, uh, y'all trying to put a wool over my eyes." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but then because Marla is very shifting and smart, she pulled the okey doke and was like, "You know, oh this this person that you're using not a reliable source, but also who are you essentially who are you gonna trust a doctor or somebody who who hates me?" So she has motive to be revenge, like to be vengeful, and you're mm-hmm. not even the lawyer for the family. So my point is, does it make me distrust the government? I mean, I already do to some extent. I already do to some extent. <laughs> I think extent, everybody right? should. Yes. But I also believe that there's probably some people who are good people who Absolutely. work in government who are getting manipulated by other people. And I don't think it's okay for for everybody to just be lumped to be, oh, because you're a politician, you're a bad person. You right. don't care about this, that, and the third. When that is not true. Now, if we do some, uh, uh, if we do research by Googling or whatever else, and we figure out that you knew and you were doing this, then that's it's on different. You. That's on right. you. And you're a scumbag and we're going to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But come on, fam. Come on, fam. No, you're getting I, worked I agree with you. by a system that wasn't made for you to be successful. Right? So I think that if it was a decision by committee, where there's multiple doctors in there and there's there's multiple people and people were present on the day right. to make it harder so that this is not just the judge's decision. The the, the judge is that the, that, the final strike. But go ahead. I think that what you said, a committee decision, I think that that's the best because if you think about it, you do have multiple people because I feel like I was explaining that you need multiple people to sign off on it. Well, they did. They had a doctor and the guardian and, you know... So a, I think a panel of people or a committee. Right. And, and, and it might even be, it might even be you want dis, like dissenting views. Right. So I might even include family members if you have it on there or people who have been. Well, you say that she doesn't belong in a assisted living. So why is that? Can you mm-hmm. can you substantiate why you feel as if this is not needed? Mm-hmm. And that person may have. The, listen, I'm with them every single day. Here are text messages. Here are videos. Does this look like a person who... No. From this evidence, they don't need to be. I'm here all the time. Mm-hmm. If they need help, I'll let you know. Right. They got support. They got me. And with me, I also see them do this. And they're they're involved in all these other activities. Um, whatever it is, there should be a multitude of people who are um, making decisions like this. Uh, and I'm going to look further into this. Uh, do you think she was responsible for her own death? <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know what what goes around comes around. I mean, I hate, I hate to say it. I, I really hope do. I don't sound ridiculous. I don't. I know hope who I this don't sound is. ridiculous. You do sound um, ridiculous. No, I I think that it did. You know what goes around comes around, and when you make your success by tearing apart families and tearing apart people for your gain. Absolutely. I think that she brought this on herself and that's one of those things that you were talking about ethics and can ethics be bent? I, I see why the son did it. I Mm. see why he, why he shot her. I see it. I see why somebody did that to my granny. I'd be like, listen, I'm coming for you. In the morning, we ride. Because <laughs> you can't tell Granny nothing. <laughs> yeah, facts. Granny, we love you. Um, but yeah, I don't. I have a hard time saying that anybody's death is on them specifically. If, now, we're just talking about this movie. 
because of the facts and stuff that we know, I agree with you. Like, she, you have to deal with the, the consequences of the energy that you're putting out mm-hmm. and the actions that you are putting out. And somebody said, by law, and everything you do is going to get a reaction, right? So by law, yes, there are like reactions that are much more, um, are weighted much more than other reactions. But you cannot, you cannot be, you cannot determine how somebody's going to react. Right. If I slap you, that doesn't mean you're just going to slap me. You could shoot me. Does that make sense? That's like true. It doesn't matter. If I do something to you, I have to be ready for you to react in whatever way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the nature of it. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to be brought to justice. And the police are right there, and I'm sure the man is going to be... If he's in Texas, he's going to be put to death in like 12 months. Um, if he's somewhere else, which I think he was somewhere else, maybe he gets a life sentence. So he's definitely going to deal with the consequences of his crime. But she had to deal with the consequences of what she was doing. And, right. and that ultimately led to her death. Right. Which and, and her demise. Which was honestly just just pride, man. Crazy, crazy, sure. crazy. Well, we are going to get out of here. I'm sorry that we just gave y'all this, uh, this, <laughs> this cut-in episode. Uh, but this movie really is great. And I really would like for you to watch it because it really is good. It even looks good. It's just, everything's really good. They use a lot of slow-mo, though. But other than that, it's a good film. Watch it. And if you don't watch it and you're just like, oh, Katie did such a great job explaining it. And <laughs> Katie and Corey had such a great job, uh, 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 such a great conversation about it. You know what? I just want to help them out. <laughs> the way you can help us <laughs> is by placing a little bit of coin in our pocket. Um, you know, via Venmo or Cash App, you know, Press Next Podcast, please send us some coin. But also you could just talk about how we did a great job on this episode when you review us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Drop a drop a review and then and then leave a comment letting us know. Y'all did such a great job on this episode. Matter of fact, the reason why you uh reason why I watch this movie is because y'all did such a great job. Uh y'all do that and we I mean we love y'all anyway, but please uh, yeah. very let much so we are very appreciative of y'all and let us know how we are doing next week we're gonna talk about ladybird and we're gonna talk about parenting so all my parents stick around for next week you feel me all right and you can follow us on instagram twitter press next podcast um, Facebook TikTok. group TikTok we do have a Facebook group we haven't really been active in there so we need to reactivate what's being active in there but we, we are going through kind of a rebrand right now a little upscale but uh, yeah press next podcast you you can search us you will find us okay we will be there and we Yo. only have we, we really have one directory that we give every single episode Katie gives it at the end every time yeah when you're watching Netflix and they ask are you still watching mm. always press next deuces see y'all next week <laughs>